Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the From the Booth podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and today we got a very, very special episode. We're going to talk NFL honors. Uh, we're going to talk the Super Bowl. Those are the only two things on the itinerary today. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of time on the Super Bowl. I'm kind of just going to briefly recap the NFL honors. Um, but before we kind of get started, before we do anything, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, uh, make sure to follow, make sure to subscribe if you're on YouTube uh, so you do not miss any more episodes. Um, I got to have a, a episode come out today, obviously, Friday, um, tomorrow, Saturday. I might. I think I'm going to post uh, the segments tomorrow again, and then Sunday, I will not be posting anything. It is the Super Bowl. Monday, you guys will definitely get Super Bowl content, recapping the Super Bowl and all of that jazz. Um, but I just kind of wanted to uh, introduce this for you guys today, get this episode out on Friday, and then um, we'll talk about the Super Bowl afterwards. But uh, I'm very excited. Let's get right into it. All right, guys, so let's just briefly kind of recap uh, the NFL honors that happened yesterday. Um, a lot of the awards went exactly the way I thought they would, but there were kind of a few surprises in there that I do want to talk about. So as I said in a previous podcast podcast episode, if you guys were listening, um, I think we all knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to win the MVP. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was the best player this year. I think Jalen Hurts would have had a shot had he not gotten hurt the last few games, but uh, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. Now, an interesting little nugget here for Patrick Mahomes is there seems to be a bit of a MVP curse to where the MVP winner does not go on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Like you think of Matt Ryan, you can think of Cam Newton, Peyton Manning, the guys that won the MVP and played in the Super Bowl, and then they lost the Super Bowl. So the last MVP and Super Bowl winner in the same year was, I think, Kurt Warner. No, it was definitely, it was Kurt Warner in 1999. Um, So if that that makes you think the Eagles are going to win, then let it... um, uh, Moving on to Offensive Player of the Year, we have Justin Jefferson. Again, something that I had previously predicted. Um, Not anything that really caught me off guard. I think Justin Jefferson had a great year. He had a great statistical season. He had that iconic moment, that catch against the Bills, where I still don't know how the hell he caught that. So, not surprised, not angry by the fact that Justin Jefferson is the Offensive Player of the Year. Making it 3-for-3, Nick Bosa as the Defensive Player of the Year. I said this previously, I didn't really think there were many other great candidates. Nick Bosa has just been that fucking guy all year. Um, Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year. There's really nothing much I can say. In terms of the Offensive Rookie of the Year, now this is kind of an interesting nugget. So the winner was Garrett Wilson, right? And But what's interesting was is that Kenneth Walker actually had more first-place votes. Now you might be wondering, how could the guy have more first-place votes and not win? Well, it's because of the point system. So Garrett Wilson didn't have as many first place votes, but he had more second and third place votes. So his point total was increased more. So he ended up winning uh, over Kenneth Walker. Um, honestly, I I would have liked to see Kenneth Walker win the award. Um, I thought that he, you know, uh, was fantastic, but I can't take anything away from Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson was great. Garrett Wilson put up great numbers with inconsistent at best quarterback play from Jets quarterbacks all year. So I don't really have a problem with Garrett Wilson. It does bug me that my guy, Kenneth Walker, lost receiving more first place votes, but I can get over that. I think Garrett Wilson was a worthy um, recipient of Offensive Rookie of the Year. Speaking of Jets rookies beating out Seahawks rookies, Sauce Gardner is the Defensive Rookie of the Year. This one to me was pretty obvious. 
Um, not necessarily because I think Sauce is better than Tariq Woolen or Aiden Hutchinson, but because he has the most hype. He had the most talk about him. Um, he was hot shit for all the whole year. And I think that goes, especially when you talk about him versus Tariq Woolen, that kind of goes back to this, just their draft position. I mean, uh, Sauce Gardner was a fourth overall pick. Tariq Woolen was a fifth round pick. Naturally, you know, Sauce is going to have more hype and more buzz around him. Obviously, Sauce playing in New York, the media market, everything right there versus Tariq playing in Seattle. Um, the award was definitely going to benefit um, Sauce in that scenario. And that's not me being salty and saying that I think Sauce uh, didn't deserve it. I think he he had a great rookie year, but I think when you look at um, the statistical numbers, Tariq Woolen is better. I think if you look at them as a player, uh, I think Tariq Woolen is better. So definitely would have given it to Tariq Woolen here, but the the voters disagreed with me very much there. Perhaps I'm a homer. Perhaps I'm just a homer. But I would have given the award to Tariq Woolen, myself, Coach of the Year. This was another one where I was really kind of debating. I think you could have put a few guys here. Um, but I think the choice of Brian Dable was was the right one. Um, I think you want to look at you know other coaching candidates like Nick Sirianni, uh, who are, have the Eagles in the Super Bowl right now, or you know any of these other guys. Um, I think like... They did good with a good team, and that's great. You know, that's that's not, not that doesn't take anything away from them. But the way Brian Dable came in and just completely changed the culture of New York. Um, I mean, the Giants were one of the worst teams in the league last year. They had like one of the least amount of talent. They they didn't have shit, right? Um, and they were just ruined by Joe Judge. Brian Dable came in, completely changed the culture, completely changed everything, and made the Giants. I mean, they won a playoff game. Like, like they, they didn't have a bad season. Like, they won a playoff game. They got their shit rocked in the divisional round, but that's the Eagles, and the Eagles have been doing that to pretty much everybody this year. But, you know, the Giants, um, they drastically improved from last year, and you saw you saw immediately the improvement that Brian Dable made on that squad. So I am fine with, with Brian Dable being named Coach of the Year. Going on to the Assistant Coach of the Year, D'Amico Ryans, uh, this was a landslide, and as it should have been, uh, there's a reason that he is now a head coach for the Houston Texans. Um, the 49ers defense was great all year. Uh, I don't really need to touch on that anymore. I already talked about the Niners too much. I'm getting sick. I want to throw up. Um, let's go back to my Seahawks, though, for a second and bring up what is perhaps, I believe, the most controversial award winner yesterday, and that's Geno Smith being the comeback player of the year. Now, there's a few things I kind of want to say. Am I mad that my boy Geno Smith won Comeback Player of the Year? Of course not. I mean, get you some hardware, bro. Um, but I think that there is a point to be made on the difference between a Comeback Player of the Year and a Most Improved Player of the Year. And I'm just going to start off the bat by saying I think that I think that the NFL needs what the NBA has. They need a Most Improved Player award. Because if this was Most Improved Player and Geno Smith won it, nobody would have a problem with it. Nobody would have a problem with it because Geno Smith was clearly and obviously the most improved player from last season to this season, or from previously in his career to this season, right? There's no question about that. And I think if this award was called most improved player, nobody would give a fuck. When you bring in comeback player of the year, that's where I think the controversy comes because you want to talk about coming back. Well, what did he come back from? Um, and I, I do think there's an argument to be made that he came back from from not having opportunities and, and being a backup for 10 years, that I do think is valid. I'm not saying he didn't come back from anything. But to me, comeback player has always meant coming back from an egregious injury 
or coming back from a terrible circumstance. Prime example, Alex Smith a few years ago. Uh, came back, broke his, broke his fibia, tibia, broke pretty much every bone in his leg, came back and played. Now, did he come back, set the league on fire, and play great? No. But the fact that he came back from that injury at any point um, and was able to play professional football again was astonishing. Um, you also want to look at guys who, like, tore their ACL and came back the next year and were great. Like, to me, that's kind of what comeback player of the year should be, uh, is coming back from, like, an injury. Um, in Gino's case, it's more of, like, a most improved player type of thing, which in and of itself is still great. You know, still hats off to him. But um, I just want to say I, I understand the controversy, but I'm not mad at it, if that, if that makes sense. I'm not mad at it. Um, and then, obviously, we have Dak Prescott winning Walter Payton, Man of the Year. Hats off to him. God knows that's probably the only piece of hardware he's going to get in his career, but good for him. I commend all of his community service and his uh, dedication to helping the the world. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the NFL Honors. That's kind of my little hot takes about the NFL Honors. Um, let me know what you guys think about the awards down below. Who got shafted? Who won and shouldn't have won? Who do you think was the right picks? Let me all let me know all of that down below. I love hearing you guys' opinions. Let's move on to the next segment. Alright guys, so this is actually my favorite segment that I've done probably ever. Um, in front of me today, as you guys all know, the NFL is rigged and there's a script to everything. Roger Goodell and his and his writers have been cooking up, you know, the absolute perfect script. And um, fortunately for you guys, unfortunately for my listeners, I actually have a copy of the script. Like it says right on top of here, it says the script. Uh, it might be blurred out because they don't want me to expose it too much, but... Lucky for you guys, I am going to go ahead and read to you the script for the Super Bowl today. Um, what's going to happen on Sunday? You guys are going to hear it here. So obviously, spoiler warning. I feel like I'm talking about a Marvel movie right now. But spoiler warning in case you want to be surprised by the Super Bowl and don't know that this shit is rigged. But if you're like me and your curiosity um, always kills the cat, then listen up to what is going to happen during the Super Bowl. Okay. So, game is going to start off. Eagles will win the coin toss. They're going to receive the ball. They're going to pick to receive. And they're going to absolutely march down the field. They're going to end up converting a fourth and one on a QB sneak. Their staple play all year. And then at the end of the drive, Miles Sanders is going to punch it in for the touchdown. Next drive, Chiefs are going to get the ball. Not really do much. Probably go three and out. Pump the ball back to the Chiefs. The Eagles are going to get the ball back. Go on another long drive. Pound the ball down the field. The Chiefs are going to have a hard time stopping the run all game. March the ball down the field, march the ball down the field, march the ball down the field, and get a field goal. It's going to be 10-0. to zero. Then in the last drive of the first quarter, Chiefs are going to march down the field as well. Have a good little drive. Not that good, though. Kick a field goal. 10-3, to three, end of the first quarter. After the first quarter, we go to commercial break, and we see Maya Rudolph, who is now the spokeswoman for the M&M's. And she reveals that the Eminem brands now all have OnlyFans accounts. This causes Tucker Carlson to absolutely explode. And in the next commercial, we see that Tom Brady unannounces his retirement and confirms that the, the key to his eternal youth is his new underwear brand, in which he showed off yesterday on Twitter. Okay, start of the second quarter. Second quarter starts quiet. Nothing really happens for the first five or six minutes. Uh, each team punts for their first one or two drives. Then the Chiefs get the ball back. Mahomes takes him down the field, throws the ball to Travis Kelsey for a touchdown. Right, Travis Kelsey then takes that ball, runs to the Eagles sideline, spikes it in front of Jason, and gives Jason a wet willy. Not to be outdone, though, 
uh, at about the two-minute warning. Jason and the Eagles drive down the field, and Jalen Hurts punches it in the end zone on a QB keeper, to which case you can hear Jason Kelsey say, this is why mom loves me more. It's picked up on the hot mic. Okay. All right. So, now, 17 to 10, halftime, Eagles are winning. Rihanna, the team's going to the locker room. Rihanna comes on to the stage for her performance. All right. She starts with Ponda Replay to pay homage to her Music of the Sun era. She then transitions into Only Girl before bringing Tom Holland onto the stage to reenact his umbrella performance from Lip Sync Battle. Okay. Then she goes into S&M and her performance makes men more excited than they have been for a Super Bowl halftime performance since Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. Why that is, is up to your interpretation. But men are excited. Men are watching. They've just gotten out of the bathroom. They've gone back grabbing another beer. They're excited, right? Then after that song, ASAP Rocky comes onto the, on, onto the stage and starts to sing fucking problems. But as he's talking about all the bad bitches, the camera pans over to Rob Gronkowski, kicking his field goal. Gronk, in his utter buffoonery, absolutely shanks the field goal, nailing a head referee in the head and giving him a concussion for the rest of the game. Now, if there happens to be any questionable calls for the rest of the game, I think we know why. Wink, wink, if you guys catch my drift, okay? All right. Going into the third quarter, Chiefs begin with the ball, and um, after several players actually snuck onto the field to watch Rihanna during the halftime show, they feel a sense of re-energized and are ready to go. Then they go on a long drive. Mahomes throws a touchdown pass to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And would you look at that? Game's right there. All of a sudden, though, Eagles get the ball. Jalen Hurts, long run on this drive. And then that sets up a future touchdown pass to Devontae Smith later in the drive. Eagles take the lead back. They take the lead right back. Mahomes gets the ball, last drive of the third quarter. And what does he do? He throws an interception, unfortunately. It's looking bleak. It's 24-17 Eagles. The Chiefs have just given the ball back to the Eagles. And end of the third quarter, it is not looking good for Mahomes and company. Okay. After the third quarter, we see the final trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumadia. In which case, it is confirmed that Ant-Man will shrink down and go up Kang's asshole to kill him. The way he should have done with Thanos. Okay. We also see the final trailer for the Flashpoint movie in which Ezra Miller has been acquitted of three more crimes by the time the commercial's over. It's unbelievable. In the fourth quarter, the Eagles have the ball to start but are only able to get a field goal on this drive. The young Chiefs defensive backs step up and step up to the plate. 27-17 Eagles. The Chiefs are now down 10 in a fourth quarter. And you know that that's dangerous. All right, if there's one place you don't want to be against Patrick Mahomes, it's up by 10 points in the fourth quarter. So Mahomes now has to enter super mega god mode. Mahomes takes Chiefs the distance, making it a three-point game. Uh, he throws a touchdown pass to Sky Moore, his third of the game. And the Eagles then have a long drive to kill the clock. They have a three-point lead. They're trying to preserve it. They have a three-point lead. They're going to kill some clock. They kill the clock, kill the clock. They go all the way down the field. And on fourth and one, they go for their coveted QB sneak. But they are stopped because Chris Jones has discovered he is force-sensitive. 
and uses his previously unknown force powers to push Jalen Hurts back into the backfield for a negative gain on fourth down, giving the Chiefs the ball back with about two minutes left. This is this is some good shit that the script writers got. I'm I'm not gonna lie. This is some this is some Shakespearean ass shit. Okay. Before the drive starts, that two minute drive to win the Super Bowl, you know, they're down three. Before the drive starts, Mahomes reminds himself of what's important and who he plays for. And who he plays for are his fellow Muppet friends. He needs to do it, bro. He needs to do it. He needs to get it done. Puts on his helmet. Gets into the huddle. In his hair, before the play call comes in, he can he can hear Andy Reid chewing on his lucky cheeseburger. And the Chiefs go to work. The Chiefs methodically march down the field. Converting third down after third down. Every time you think the Eagles are going to get off the field and get the ball back. Third down conversion. Third down conversion. Third down conversion. All the way down the field. And they end up getting into the 10-yard line. And Mahomes rolls out right. Scores on a keeper. His fourth touchdown of the day. Cementing himself as the MVP if the Chiefs can hold on to this lead. With about 15 seconds left, the Eagles get the ball. Down four. They need a touchdown. What do they do? Okay. They make a little phone call. Hey, Nick Foles. Yeah, we need you to come on the field real quick. They brought an extra jersey for big dick Nick Foles, who is sitting in the front row, comes onto the field, puts on his helmet, and launches up a Hail Mary. That's dropped. The guy drops the ball. The Chiefs win the game. And um, Mahomes gets his second Super Bowl title. So this is the script for the Super Bowl. Um, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that. Um, and, you know, win you some money. I, don't, I mean, win you some money with that. Um, Rihanna's going to have a great performance. We all already know that. And, um, yeah, there's really not much else to say. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys um, are going to enjoy the Super Bowl today, tomorrow, depending on what day you're listening. Um, if the script does actually come out to be true, I want you guys to remember this video and send me a little league office, um, because they don't got shit over me. Roger Goodell, I think he's slick, but he's not. So, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys enjoyed, make sure to subscribe, make sure to follow if you're listening on the podcast platform, and I will catch you guys after the Super Bowl. Peace.